Welcome to the Real Roadmap podcast. My name is Liam Rose and this week I have been waiting to share this guest with you for some time. Uh, He's been a massive influence to me getting into the podcast space. Uh, So ladies and gentlemen, please can you welcome Taylor James from the Waffle Shop podcast. That was impressive. Do you like it? Yeah. It's it's almost like I know what I'm doing. I know. (laughs) This is only I was a little bit worried before we start. He's like, I don't have a plan, don't have this. (laughs) Like one minute ago he said that. Um, I think think for me, really, like having a structure around a conversation is difficult Mm -hmm. because- I'll go off on so many tangents that it's like, we kind of need to... It's as if you're waffling. Right. I know. Oh, we need to swap, brown. swap names. <laughs> yeah, swap brown. Um, but I really wanted to get you on because, you know, on on, our, on this podcast, my job is to understand the nature of what it takes to be f- for someone to become the person they want to be and build their own business and build their own thing. What about you is different to everybody else? Yeah. So I'm kind of curious to sort of understand how you've made it to where you are. Me. It's a bit of a broad question. Um, To be fair, it's been, it's been tough because Mm. I think there's a huge part of me that kind of was almost lost for Mm -hmm. a huge period of time. Yeah. And then it's only really been these past kind of few months that I'm like, Oh, you're actually doing all right. Yeah. And I don't think you kind of, you know, when you go through the struggles, when you go through kind of like, like the murder guess with like that comes with life, you don't sometimes give yourself that little bit of an opportunity to look back and be like, you know what, you've done all right there. Give yourself a pat on the back. Mm. Um, but in all honesty, like I, in, in to answer the question, like I don't feel like I had a choice, but to become this person. Okay. So, a few years back, I went through a very traumatic experience where I nearly lost my mom to an operation that went horrifically wrong. Right. Um, and in that kind of like short period of time, I had to try and figure out what the hell was going on. Mm-hmm. Um, I had to become a parent to my younger sister, like pretty much overnight, try and keep like the financial side of things going, the family home. And I just kind of turned into a bit of a robot. And it was like... Yeah autopilot I had to deal with the facts I had to leave the emotion like at outside I guess wow. and then it basically got to a point where I was like right something's something's not wiring up here something's wrong mm. um so I guess it's kind of like I had to start to process things mm. and I think when that kind of like position I guess no that point started yeah I had no choice right. but to become this person because that version of Taylor, I guess, was leading me down a very, very dark path. Yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> so, There's a lot to unpack. No, but it, it, the, the reason I, I, I take this sort of format is because that is a really great place for us to start because yeah. you've, you've alluded to there, like that version of Taylor would have led you down a dark path there's a part of that version of Taylor that had to sort of, you had to emerge from, mm-hmm. if that makes sense. So it's, it's like, like a lotus flower, isn't it? Yeah, I think yeah. it is. I mean, there's probably some plant enthusiasts out there. But I think they can only grow in like a certain, like type of soil or something. Yeah. And I mean, it's kind of like an analogy. And I think everyone kind of goes through that point where you have to grow through something. Like, you know, I was very 
aware of how difficult the situation, you know, I was in was. Um, and it's that kind of like fight or flight. And it's mm. like, well, I can't, I can't continue this. So it's like, what, what can I do? What do I need to do? Well, a lot of us have to take that heroic path sometimes where we have to face the stuff that's actually happening in your life at, at that moment. You kind of have to put that robotic, heroic, brave, I'm just going to put the feelings to one side and just dig in and get on with it and just turn up every day. Because what we tend to do is catastrophize and cast our minds to like six months, a year down the line. It's like, well, let's figure out today first, shall we? If we get today done, then we've only got to do that again tomorrow. Just another day at a time. And, you know, I took that from the recovery rooms. It's like that every day at a time. Um, But watching what you've been doing... Because I think the interesting about social media is that you you enter somebody's life, in effect, like through a little keyhole mm-hmm. at some point. And I'm, I've opened the door and your grid shows me, you've interviewed like Ed Sheeran and some other massive names. And, like, and I go through sometimes and my mouth's open. Like you had Jess in Piazzi, uh, I don't know if I said her name right, on uh, like a week or so ago, I think, or I saw at least a clip of it. Um, and I'm I'm going through and I'm like, how? How? Um, and then when we met, it was like this thing happened. We were like, oh, this is like, we're two of the same. Yeah. Um, and if he can do it, then I can do it. And A hundred percent. And to be fair, it, it's that mentality now that I, I mean, we were kind of talking a little bit, obviously before we hit the record button, like on the way here. And it's kind of like, I'd always been quite a creative person, Mm. but because of the environment that I was in and the situation that I was in, um, like from a personal point of view, even from a professional point of view, I guess, it just, I was never really allowed to show that side of me. And then when it kind of got to a stage of like going through what I did and then like the, obviously the pandemic hitting, like I thought like, I need to do something. Like I'm never really going to have this amount of time, I guess, to do something. And I'd never put myself first. The podcast is the first thing I've ever done that is for me, Mm. like ever. And the impact it has had on my life has been astronomical. Like I almost give myself like, (laughs) that's really narcissistic, give myself goosebumps. (laughs) Um, But me, 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 I still (laughs) don't. Um, But it's, it just kind of like really opened this whole new mindset of like, well, if I can apply this level of kind of, I guess, energy and care and time, energy, whatever you want to label it as into myself, like what else can I do? Yeah. So when I first started kind of, because that first episode, I still don't know what possessed me to sit down and record it. Right. It was purely, I need to talk about how I was feeling because I was genuinely shit scared of what was happening inside my head. Um, put it out there, logged out of all social media and was like, well, it is what it is. See what happens. <laughs> and the response I got, it was like from going from feeling like I was in such an isolated situation. Like, yeah no one else is going through this. Like no one else knows what I'm going through mm. kind of thing. It opened to my eyes to like, oh, other people go through shit. <laughs> other people have struggles. Yeah. And then just from then it was like, it was all, almost became like a little bit addictive. It was like, well, what happens if I reach out to that person? What happens if I reach out to that person? Because the first celebrity guest I ha- guess, like that I had, I think it was from someone from Geordie Shaw that I just so happened 
he liked one of my posts on Instagram. And I thought, well, why not? Slide into the DMs. He said, yeah. I was like, oh, it was that easy. Really? It's like that kind of mentality of like, if you don't ask, you, you don't, don't get. get yeah. So, I think <clears throat> there's a couple of things you mentioned there that I find interesting and I, and I want to sort of dig into them. Um, creativity um, as, a, as a metric, like I thought creativity was like, art attack, like being able to get stuff out and make something. Yeah. But actually like creative creativity to me is being able to manifest something that you see in your mind. And it's not necessarily always a physical thing until like for me, for me building what I've been building, my creativity comes from how I communicate. I'm a very creative communicator. I'm a very, and I didn't realize I was creative. I just thought I was a, good my everybody has always said to me you've got the gift of the gap yeah I, I, you just take that for what that is but when you realize oh, oh i can do this i can talk i can communicate i've been in sales my whole life for this very reason like surely there's a thing so with that sorry to no, go because go, go, go. It's almost like that gift of the gab label is almost sometimes can be seen as a bit of a negative. Yeah, yeah. Like as a kid, I was always really kind of like inquisitive. Like I needed to know why things worked, why people behaved a certain way. Yeah. So I was always kind of like shut down by my parents. Like, oh, shut up. Like, yeah. like you're talking too much. Like, oh, he's like that. Oh, he's always doing yeah, that. It's like, yeah. Oh God, he doesn't shut up kind of thing. And then, so for a huge period of time, I shut up. Like I didn't really, obviously I spoke, I didn't become like a monk like, <laughs> writing on a board. Yeah. Um, but I stopped asking those questions. But what happened when I stopped asking those questions, I also stopped asking what like Taylor wanted, what Taylor wanted to do. So the fact now I've almost kind of gone back to yeah. the gift of the gab to like, well, actually that's what I enjoy doing. That's where my creativity comes from. Yeah. I wouldn't have the, I wouldn't be sat here now yeah, yeah. if we weren't having these kind of like incredible conversations. Yeah. So it's almost like if you've got the gift of the gab, use it. Yeah. Because you don't know what it's going to lead to. Well, it, it, it's the, it's the boundaries that you set for yourself because of what other people have told you. And it's like, you know, also I was like pushed into a box of salesperson. Like, yes, I'm good at, but I am good at communicating. And I can sell things, but I'm not a salesperson, <laughs> right? I'm a communicator. I'm an orator. I like being that. Yeah. So I'm not selling you anything now. Oh, you know yeah. what I mean? What's coming? Yeah. <laughs> On these products. You this, yeah. And something somewhere. <laughs> From our sponsor. <laughs> <laughs> um, I think, it, you know, we have these, these skills, the, the innate ability to do things that aren't what we decided upon. You know, wherever we're born in the world, we enter the world and those things in us have the capacity to be who we are. But when people tell us, just be quiet, stop doing this, you go to school, in those school environments, you're educated just on the, like, it's learning information, isn't it? You're just learning things that have happened. History there's all the stuff that's happened. Mm. RE is a load of ideas. You know, science is loads of really technical shit that you don't really need to understand. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? It's like we learn so many useless things. Yeah. It is, isn't it? Like I can tell you probably now, like I couldn't tell you how to do a tax return. No. I probably need to do. Yeah, yeah. But I can tell you what photosynthesis. Yeah. I can't even say it. Photosynthesis. <laughs> <laughs> oh, shit. Set yeah. myself up. <laughs> but I understand what you mean because... <laughs> 
and this is what I think it is. It's like, right, let's fill their heads with as much stuff as we can while they're young mm-hmm. and not educate them on the way that the world really works. And for me, coming out of school, I was trying to talk to my daughter about it the other day. You know, school is a thing that we do, right? And it's a thing that's only existed for a hundred years or so. And if you think about the amount of time that we've been on this planet, a hundred years is really nothing. Blip. A bl- it's not even, it's nothing. It was two people ago. <laughs> do you know what I mean? It's a couple of people back. Oh yeah. It's not even far ago. Yeah. Like there, there are people on this planet that are over a hundred now. So they're still here and we think a hundred years. So in that time, in that person's lifespan, things have changed incrementally. Like back then there was no cut, barely a car. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Now look at what we've got. And it's like, we think we know what's going on and we don't, none of us really know anything about anything. And actually in this day and age, we're all struggling with our mental health because we are constantly trying to figure out who we are with no guidance on who we are. And if you, if you do that over two generations, you're going to end up in this position. I don't want to go into a big rant about it, but like, you know, a hundred years ago, everybody knew what they were doing. Everybody knew what they were doing. Yeah. The men go out, provide work, women, home, looking after the kids. And it sounds very antiquated and old, right? But we knew what we were doing. As individuals, we knew what we were doing. Everyone was happy with that to a degree. And then things like life started to adjust. Things started to change. Wars have happened since then. So First World War, Second World War, all these big wars have happened. Women started going to work. Everybody's now trying to do something. And and the, the essence of who we are as people, as a species, is being adjusted. If that makes sense. Yeah, no, it's complete sense. Because what... Because it's put people like... You, you mentioned it earlier about like people being... Like yourself, like you were put, kind of felt like you were in a box. Yeah. Whereas it's now people are starting to see like, well, you don't have to stay in that box. Yeah, yeah. It's okay if you want to stay in that box. Obviously, people are very content in that. Yeah. But there's also a lot that we can learn. There's a lot that we can kind of do better. So it's kind of like, you know, people are kind of, I guess, breaking that generational kind of... Yeah, well, not curse. It's not a curse. But like that, they they're breaking through of that and yeah. being like, well, actually, no. Like, it's okay to be like, well, actually, no, I want better. Yeah, and it's that kind of like mentality of like, it, it, just because something like bad is happening mm. doesn't mean we have to kind of stay there. Like, we're, things are supposed to change. We're supposed to kind of grow. So, and I think it's the same when it comes to. Like, yeah. like you said about the whole kind of like generational thing. Like we don't have to just follow a particular map anymore. No. And the, but the map, the map, the, like the idea behind the real roadmap is like, I'm trying to figure out my way out on uncharted territories to me. Now these territories have been charted by other people mm-hmm. of which I'm trying to learn from. And obviously you're ahead of the game in me in podcasting and, and I would say in life in some, some respect. Um, because it's all smoke and mirrors. Man. Yeah, it's, it's, my Instagram looks great. Yeah. Um, but it's that vulnerability and that honesty of like saying, you know, I remember seeing your profile and thinking, yeah, oh, this guy's got it together and I want to, I want to learn from him. And I've reached out and, um, I, you know, I came up to see you. We had a podcast shot there. You know, we had a little impromptu discussion that yeah. was on cover, which you said, I found the content for that the other day and I was like, shit, <laughs> um, some gems in there. <laughs> um, but then, you know, I think moving forward, we get to this place where I, I, I want to learn about, your process now so when from when you were in the box 
to starting to climb out. Obviously you had that really traumatic, difficult period. And obviously as well, COVID um, created a really fertile ground for you to make some big drastic changes, which I think happened to a lot of people. Yeah. Um, what was it? Do you remember a time where you've had an experience where you thought, something's not right here? Like, is there a time when, like, before all of that, like, before your mum, before COVID, was there times before that? I think there was numerous times when I felt like that. There yeah. was, there's certain kind of, like, occasions or, like, moments, or even, for like, friendships, events, that I look back on and, like, you were just so unhappy. Like, you were doing everything that you possibly could to make things better for everyone else. Yeah. And it's a very toxic kind of headspace. It's a it's a great headspace to be in because, you know, a lot of people get a lot of kind of like serotonin and yeah. like from helping others and which is, is phenomenal. Um, but when you're constantly kind of give, 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 you're giving so much of yourself away. And it was when I went to, I think it was when, it sounds really like cliche, but like I went to Thailand and I was in a situation where if I stay kind of like with the people that I'm with, I, I'm either going to ruin the holiday for myself or I'm going to ruin the holiday for the people that I was with. And it didn't sit right with me. So I was like, I need to make a bit of a break. And I think that was the first kind of time where I realized that, oh, okay, I can go off and like follow my own path. I don't have to kind of, you know, make things better for kind of like for everyone else. Like it's okay to kind of give myself what I need. And then there's been kind of glimmers, like I guess throughout the whole journey of me realizing that, you know, I've kind of fell into this kind of trap, I guess, of putting everyone else's needs before my own. Mm. And I think, look, especially looking back now, I don't, I don't think I realised that at the time mm. because I was kind of like conditioned to like behave that way or yeah. that's what I thought my only option was. Yeah. Um. So I guess, yeah, would be the short answer. To, yeah. There's been a lot. Well, I think the... the, the... I think a lot of people struggle to understand what their needs are because we act out of desires and those desires we would, ref we would refer to as needs mm -hmm. like, Oh, I just need a night in to chill out and sit down and have a McDonald's and just watch telly. Yeah. Sometimes you do need that, but when you get to a state of stress and that's your default reaction to how you're feeling, that is not treating yourself well. No. Right. People are struggling these days with the idea of what a boundary is. Like if people are behaving in a certain way, that's, that's not, I'm going to stay here and you continue to do that. And I've got to be okay with that because I came into this environment. I also can choose not to go into that environment. And that's where, you know, we set these boundaries for ourselves and we go, oh, it's nicer here. Yeah. Or I'm not feeling that there. So why would you continue to go and smash your head off a wall mm. And then say you got a headache, you know, I'm going to keep going out and banging my head off the wall again. Like, stop banging your head yeah. on the wall. It's a, it's quite a timely one for me because I think, especially in the past kind of like year or so, like, because I've been so used to kind of giving so much away, yeah, I had to make a very difficult decision, like in terms of like family members and like friendship groups and stuff that yeah. they just weren't serving me. And because... I was like learning because I didn't really understand what mental health was until the podcast or until I like really like properly like experienced it Yeah, that I started to learn. I started to have these kind of conversations to learn how other people coped, how people kind of navigated 
you know, through their struggles or their mm. life in general. Um, cause I'd, I'd never felt like I had those tools. Yeah. Um, and when the kind of like time came, I was like, oh, actually, I'm going to put a few boundaries in place. And then I became the problem. It was like, well, you're, I don't know who you think you are. You've changed. It's all these kind of like negative labels that then started to be kind of put on me. And it was just like, well, I haven't really done anything different other than kind of put myself first or kind of like, well, questioned, well, I don't really quite like your behavior kind of thing. So it was, wasn't until kind of then that I was like, well, actually, if you're not going to respect my boundary, then I'm not, I'm not going to respect you enough to stay around you. People take the boundary as a them problem. Yeah. Is that is, it's not a you problem, right? It's just not a me problem mm. either. And like, I understand, like I've been in environments my whole life where I've been doing the same thing as everybody else. And then when I stepped out of it, like I went out on Friday and I went back out into that environment and I was immediately confronted with these feelings. Like I haven't felt that in a long time. Didn't enjoy that. Haven't been like, I haven't felt that feeling. Like I had some guy come over to me like, come on, woo, like trying to throw up. Like, I'm like, mate, I've not done that for years. And it was like, there's nothing against you. It's fine. I don't find that, I don't, I'm not comfortable in that space anymore because I don't do that anymore. Yeah. It used to be normal. I'm not comfortable in that space now. So I'm cool with it. So I, you know, it's nothing you've done. It's nothing I've done. I just don't like it. And I'm not going to do that. It's like, <clears throat> would you go to a buffet? Yeah. Probably. <laughs> yes. <laughs> if you, if you were at a buffet, right. And you would go around every, every time you went and you'd have the same foods. Right. And then every now and again, like something changed in you and you would start trying different foods. Right. And then you realize that I don't re- like, I can tolerate that food, but it was not my go-to choice anymore. I'm going to have these things now when I come here. And I'm probably going to try some other new things as well. There are going to be things that you don't eat again in that buffet. Mm-hmm. Or you don't want to eat again in that buffet. Or you might have one on your plate every now and again. Does that make sense? No, it makes perfect sense. And I think you can kind of apply that kind of analogy across the board. Yeah. Whether it's your mental health, whether it's life. Because I'm a big believer in until you learn a lesson from something, that same lesson is just going to keep being thrown like in your direction. Yeah. Until you take what you're supposed to and like you learn, well, actually, do you know what? I'm either doing the same thing all the time but my life isn't changing. Yeah. You're going to have to kind of switch it up a little bit. Yeah. But then on the flip side of that, it's that kind of like, well, you know, this bad thing keeps happening over and over again. What am I not learning? What am I not taking away from it? Yeah. With the whole kind of like what you're saying about Friday, again, it's quite timely, but I've kind of come to the conclusion that people are so used to like a certain version of you. So when you are having these kind of conversations or you're switching up your circle or you're experiencing something new, it's almost like there's like a weird grieving process going on yeah. because they're kind of looking like that version of you that kind of used to behave that way. Like that's what they're used to. Yeah. Because obviously that doesn't really exist anymore. No. So it's kind of like, it's quite sad in a way because it's kind of that version of someone that you're so kind of, you know, familiar with yeah. doesn't exist anymore. So it's quite sad, but it's so important for us to change because I, I say it quite a bit, but it's like, we wouldn't have Christmas. We wouldn't have summer. We wouldn't have autumn, Halloween. Like we wouldn't have any of that mm. if things didn't change. Yeah. Like it's supposed to happen. Yeah. And whether it's like friendships, whether it's family member, whether it's jobs, relationships, like it's okay to kind of, it's painful 
and it's incredibly difficult at times, but it's okay to kind of for things to change. It is meant to, like you say, right? But the change is that, and from, from my perspective, right? Change is a choice, right? And people think that change is bad because like, let's say we point at something like I've changed away from drinking, yeah? It doesn't make drinking bad. It makes drinking bad for me, okay? And if you still drink, it doesn't make you bad. It just means I'm not going to do that now. So when you draw that difference, there is almost like a, a barrier that's put up, like, who do you think you are? Why do you think you're different? Why are you better than everybody else? It's like, I'm not saying that. I just choose different. Yeah, it's like if, if we're going to go out and we're going to go and have some food, right? If I'm not happy with how I look, right? And I go out and my body's instant response is to look at the menu and go, oh, the burger looks good, yeah? And every time I choose that burger, right, I've given in to my body's desires, right? So if I've pulled away from drinking, I can then pull away from food to a degree. It's not perfect, but my ability to get better at making better decisions based on an emotion, because that's how we all act. Mm. The emotion of the food, the emotion of the drink, like the reason so many of us get stuck in drinking and drinking and drugs, yeah, is because you build so many fond memories in that place that it's almost like a gag reflex that I know that if I go and do that now, I'm going to have fun. And also the chemicals are going to change how I feel immediately. Like there's a hundred percent efficiency in cocaine. Like every single time I would smell that key, I would feel different with 100% accuracy. Right. The difficult thing is not stopping that. It's dealing with how I feel. And that's the, that's the magic, right? Yeah. When you can adapt to how you feel and you go, I'm feeling this now. I understand that I'm feeling it, but it's going to pass. If I keep acting out of this, I'm going to die or my life's going to be fucked. It's the same thing with food. It's the same thing with bad relationships. It's the same thing with bad friendships. Not that all things are bad inherently. Nothing is bad inherently. But if you're getting a bad result out of it, it's bad for you. I think. I feel like I want to clap. (laughs) But it's true. Yeah. And I think it's quite, I think especially when it comes to two lads having that conversation, it's, it can almost be seen like, oh, again, it's that label of like, oh, who do you think you are kind of thing. That mentality very nearly ended the podcast for me. Yeah. Because it was like, it was kind of on such a like trajectory that I was like, I don't know what I'm doing. I'm, Mm. I've gone from recording from my bedroom because I didn't know how to process my emotion <laughs> to now it's like, it's become like a coping mechanism for other people. Mm. And as, from my circle that used to exist, that's the label that I know for a fact, that's what I'm looked at and that's how I'm viewed. Really? And it's really sad because I haven't changed in a way that like, I'm still tailored to a certain degree. Mm. Like I've still got the same personality. Like I've yeah. still got the same sense of humor the difference is like I'm having these kind of conversations now that I've always wanted to have kind of thing. Beautiful. And it's, 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 it's horrible because I have, I haven't changed. I've just, I just challenged people's behaviors now to be like, well, cause I know I'm very aware and I'm very emotional. No, I'm very emotionally intelligent now. Yeah. And I think I always have been, I've always had that, that thing there to say, well, if you behave that way, I know what the kind of ripple effect is going to be. 
So now I'm very kind of in tune with that. Like I'm like, well, I don't want to be around people that don't kind of value my time or my friendship or kind of elevate me because, and that's not saying that other people don't elevate me. It's just to be kind of feel like, felt like I was stuck in such a difficult situation for a long period of time through like my own means and, you know, various other factors, like it kind of got to a point where I was like, oh, and something needs to drastically change. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I, I haven't changed in that respect. It's just, I don't like that label of like, I don't know who you think you are. Well, it, but I had that on Friday. It's like, look, you've abandoned a lot of us. I'm like, look, abandoned, I understand what you mean mm-hmm. by like, I've abandoned a lot of, and it feels that way. It's horrible yeah. to feel like, you know, you were all my closest friends. You've been there through a lot of things with me, right? And that doesn't mean we aren't friends. But yes, for selfish reasons, like people will look at me and say, oh, you've quit drink, you've quit drugs, you've lost weight, right? And you're working hard, you know? Those metrics are fine. That's not, they're not an achievement. Yeah. That's not the achievement. What you want, I'm going to get to the end of my life and go, what did you do? Well, I just stopped drinking and taking drugs and, Like, no, I am halfway through my life now. And if I'm not going to give the next 25 years absolute socks trying to give it what I'm, what I'm capable of giving it, I'm respecting my own values and my own value that I decide on it. It's not, it doesn't make me better than, but if I want to sit at different tables doing different things and creating a different life, I cannot sit in the same pub having the same conversations, doing the same things. It's just illogical. And that doesn't mean that that is bad. I will come and do that once a year, twice a year. And I have a great time. Just last time I went, I did not have a great time. I did not have a great time. And I don't mean anything bad by it, but I was asked on three occasions, can you help me get sober? I'd love to. I'd love to. And every one of them, every one of them. And, I, and I, again, I don't, I hope nobody hears this and takes offense to it. Um, cause it's not said with that, but it's the, tr- this is the reality yeah. of it. Yeah. I need you to help me get sober. Okay. Whatever you need from me, I'll give you. Yeah. Well, I so said, there's one condition you call me. That's all you've got to do. He said, ah, oh, well on the first time, can you call me? I said, if you want to get well, if you want to do something, you're, if you can't pick up the phone to call me, it's not going to happen. It's just not. Yeah. People want, people want a way out. That means they don't have to do anything yeah. difficult. I think as well, like in this, I don't know, this sounds like probably going to sound like really judgmental, but in this generation, people kind of want what you have, but they're not willing to work for it. Yeah. And it's, it's really sad because, you know, you're not changing the game. You're not like reinventing the wheel. You're just doing what someone before you has done. Mm. And you've kind of took bits of like their journey, what they, you know, the tools that they've given yeah. and you've built your own toolkit. Yeah. And it's kind of like, you know, it's in all of us to do this kind of thing. And, you know, it's, it's really sad because I didn't get to that stage till I was like 30 and a bloody pandemic and a, a waffle. Yeah. It, that's what it taught me to realize, oh, okay, I don't have to live like this. Mm. But, you know, some people get to it a lot sooner, but regardless of what age you get to, you're going to have to do the work. No one is coming to save you. No one is going to fix you. Like you can read all the books, you can listen to all the podcasts, 
But until you start implementing stuff that you are kind of like learning, that's when the change is going to happen. That's when the fixing starts. It's like, it would be exactly like, right, me learning an, the, an Ikea f- catalogue of, of like how to put shit together and never f- completing never one flat that. pack. Do you know what I mean? It's like, I know how to do it inside out. I've read it. Yeah. Okay, fine. And you might know it on some theoretical, in some theoretical knowledge, but can you apply that? Can you put the effort into that? Can you do that? And like my journey has been very much like, look, I've got in stupidly good condition before I've got, I've failed at businesses before I've failed at, you know, many things in my life, relationships, just everything. It's a part of me growing. And I think healing, I think one thing that people, people miss out on is that healing as a journey is not just about healing your wounds and becoming better, but it's about understanding what parts of your wounding creates who you are. So the things that are coming out of you, like the attitudes, the actions, the things it's not doing you any favors. You have to understand why that's happening. And the why is normally some neglect or some childhood shit or something you didn't get or someone told you to shut up once when you were a child and you never felt like you could say what you needed to say ever again. That is overcoming and healing those parts of you and understanding that like really you don't have to allow it to control the rest of your life or flavour who you are. I think there's an element of healing that comes from the failures. Yeah. Because without those kind of failures, like, again, it's that negative kind of view of failure. It's the lesson that we take from those failures. Yeah. Like, if you fail your driving test the first time, you're going to do it again. It's like, you're going to learn more. You're going to kind of, like, push yourself more to kind of get to that point. And I think it is, it's in those failures, failures that the healing starts, like, the lessons are there. Because that's, to me, is where the stepping stones is to get to those kind of points. Yes. I've got a great, I've got a, my brain just comes up with these stupid things in my head. But if you failed your driving test 10 times, yeah, that's not the test. That's you turning up to the test unprepared. Yeah. Or something is not right in you or you're failing on 10 separate occasions. Right. And this is like what you were talking about earlier. You have to do the work. If you wanted to pass that test second time, You have to go and practice more. You have to get yourself into a position where you understand that this test means something. And life as it it is will always present you with the same loops to jump into. Right, you're going to get into this loop, right? So I've started a business. My loop is I get into business. I make some bad decisions. It crumbles around me, yeah? Now I'm setting up this business and this is starting to work. I've got some great business partners around me. I've got some great things happening around me. That in itself is like a difference in the cycle. But I've had to negotiate with myself and say, all right, you're doing things differently. Let's try this. Let's try that. Oh, I made quick decisions before. Let's not do that. So if you're getting into bad relationship after bad relationship after bad relationship, even if it's with the same person, if you show up as the same person to that every time, you're going to fail. You're going to get the same result. If the other person and you both change and show up to that, and you've discussed the changes required and you're willing to put the effort in, a relationship can work. Otherwise, the fucking previous two generations wouldn't still be together. Do you know what I mean? Like, I know way more people whose parents are together than I do now. 
which is a testament to the fact that, oh, we pick a partner and we work at it. If we're really unhappy, like rarely it would happen, but it would be, well, I wouldn't say rarely, it was way less than it is now. But because people have got so much infinite option and also we're just driven by desire, we're just looking at, oh, everyone's so much happier and you're not making me happy and why haven't you got loads of money and Mm -hmm. why is this and why is that? It's like, why aren't we working together? Yeah. Rather than hoping someone else is going to have their shit all the way together is going to come and save me. It's not going to happen. It's, not the way. it's, it's the not truth. The way. And it's that kind of that simple thing of like, nothing is changing mm. if nothing changes. Yeah, yeah. Like, yeah. You can bang on about this like all day. Oh, mate, this, like is where I, this is where I think, um, uh, based on what I said to you earlier, you're like, oh, have you got a structure? And I was like, mm, no, I just talk. <laughs> um, I kind of want to draw some, some, some knowledge and some information from you because, you know, I think there's important stuff in your brain that I could really do with the viewers and myself hearing. I mean, good luck. Um, oh, <laughs> might take some finding. <laughs> um, I think, um, so when you were building the podcast, and now, I mean, you, you've won some awards around it now and you've been up for a few awards from what I've seen this year. To get to that place, there's obviously certain things that you've had to do and certain certain steps you've had to take to become a good podcaster and to become good in the, in the field you're in, what have you had to do in order to get to that place? Like how much of it do you take on yourself? How much do you, did like, did you learn before you started or did you just start and learn in situ? Like how did you sort of frame all that? Do you know what? If you asked me, if we were having this conversation a year ago, I'm like, oh, I don't know how I've done this. Yeah. Like, oh, I've like, you know, fake it till you make it. I haven't faked it till I made it. I've worked my absolute bollocks off to get to this point. Like, and it's only really been since like the opening of the studio and stuff that I've realized like, this is where hard work, this is what all of this has kind of like been for. Like it, it wasn't just a fluke. You haven't been kind of faking it till you make it. I mean, there's an element of that because I still have not got a clue what I'm doing. Mm. Um, but what's really interesting, and I think it's for anyone who's looking at going into podcasting or anything like that, like, it's great if you've got the voice, if you've got the confidence to do it, mm. do it. But obviously, as much as it's good to obviously talk on a podcast, obviously, my best bit of advice is to listen because that's where you're going to kind of pick up on either the mannerisms, they're like what works for you, your interview style. Um, but it's not, it's not easy. Like, obviously, it's mm. n- nothing, nothing's easy. But what's a massive compliment is when I'm kind of mixing these circles now, especially with like the waffle, people are like, Oh, so like, you know, how many is in your team? Like how many you've done this? I'm like, it's literally been me (laughs) in my bedroom. And it's still just me. The only time like I kind of like deviated, I guess, um, was when I kind of did a bit of a spinoff series that again, through these kind of conversations and connections mm. absolutely boomed. Yeah, yeah. Like we were, you know, we were interviewing like supermodels and like getting in the daily mail. And it's like, I'm literally just sat in my bedroom yeah, yeah. <laughs> in my two up, two down, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like just having a genuine conversation. But I think I kind of, I started to look at who was doing what I wanted to do. I started listening in, kind of taking a bit of inspiration deciding like what worked, what didn't work, what I liked, what I didn't like. And I just started to kind of like, almost like build what worked for me and what I enjoy doing. And then 
it sounds really kind of like wanky, but I think like the the rest just kind of like the fo- it all followed. Mm. Um, but it's like I mean, you know what goes into like the editing and like when I when I started, there was no video, there was no. I mean, that makes me sound really like yeah, <laughs> like like yeah there was no video. Um, well, I didn't know my voice could do that. <clears throat> um, but yeah, there was no kind of like video element. I mean, I think the whole kind of like video podcast was only really being done by like the Joe Rogans yeah. kind of thing. Um, so I never really explored that. Mm. It wasn't really until even today, even my face wasn't on it. It was a cartoon version of me. Before, was it? Yeah, before it kind of got to the brand that it is now. Um, but again, it comes down to that. It's okay to kind of change. It's okay to kind of like give things a refresh until you find your feet. Um, but yeah, it kind of got to a stage where I was like, oh, okay, people are switching things up. People are doing, it's even now, like what you guys are doing from like the video editing and like mm. the kind of like the cap cut and all these kind of like tools. Mm. I'm, I'm still way behind. Mm. Like I can have the conversation, I can get the guests, but when it comes to like the marketing of it, this is now where I'm learning. So as much as you're saying, like, I'm ahead of you, like, I'm yeah. still kind of like, scr- not scrambling, it makes me sound like a bit as if I don't know what I'm doing, but it's kind of like, well, what do I need to learn again? Yeah. Like, I don't think we ever stop learning. It's a lot. So. It's a lot. I mean, you know, I, I, I literally hadn't, I, I had a podcast earlier this year, and, you know, and that was all sort of done for me and that mm-hmm. was all set up. And then, that went away. And then I kept trying to set up podcasts with a few of my friends and then something happened and I was just like, I need to do this now yeah. and I need to do this on my own and I need to get it so sorted. And obviously I've got a fantastic um, podcast studio that helped me. Um, Stuart, what's our new brand called? The podcast studio in MK. Yeah. <laughs> well, we keep changing it. Um, the podcast studio in MK. And I, Mm-hmm. They have a trademark. If you ever need a podcast producer, yeah, I'm <laughs> um, partial to Dubai trip. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah, like I've had a lot of help from from the podcast studio, and that's been amazing. But really, like I've had to go out and try and find guests. I've had to try and figure out what I'm doing. You know, I'm trying to build a, a commercial finance business alongside this because really, these podcasts are for me to understand how to build my business, and part of that is brand, and that's what you've done so well. Um, I but- need to say as well on the back of that, like, it is difficult as much as obviously the easy part is to sit and have the conversation. Um, it's all the stuff that goes on behind the scenes that I don't think people actually realise how much goes into it. Mm. Like there's been a lot of sleepless nights. There's been a lot of like pressure that I've put on myself. Like 
if it will get to Monday and my episode isn't ready to go with all the social assets ready for the Tuesday, like I used to give myself such a hard time. I'd be awake till like two, three o'clock in the morning, making sure that that edit was done. But, I mean, no one was like holding to me. I wasn't like under like yeah. You've not got like a nine anything. o'clock. Yeah, yeah. You've got no- <laughs> there's also one telling why hasn't this been done? Yeah, yeah. But it's that get level of kind of like dedication and consistency because it is it gives me so much joy genuinely like I love it so much and to now be in a position where I almost get paid to do something that I love like to go back to where I was like I was working in IT before Mm. in a job that I hated with people that I didn't hate but there was elements of the all of it that are just like, this isn't where I'm supposed to be. Yeah. So to now be in a position through that hard work, through that dedication, through, I guess, opening up and like being vulnerable has led to this point of like, well, I, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't be sat here having this conversation with you Yeah, yeah. if I hadn't have kind of like, do you know what? I'm, I'm going to give myself a chance here. Yeah. I found the same thing though when I work. I, you, and, and I've had, uh, my career has spanned a myriad of different things. You know, I've worked in vehicle sales. I've worked in marketing. I've worked in, um, I've had my own businesses. I owned a burger van for a bit. Like I've done, I've done a lot of things, right. But all of the things that I've done is because I kept trying to chase the pound note, right. Chasing the pound note, chasing the pound note. Really what I've figured out is like, I just want to be able to do what I choose on a day by day basis I want to be able to take my kids to school if I want to do that. I want to be able to stay out until two o'clock in the morning, having a conversation in front of a microphone. If I want to, I want to be able to do the things that I choose and nobody tells me I have to be here at half eight and gone at half five. And I've had times where I've walked in three minutes late into the office. Like, well, where are you been? (coughs) Afternoon. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Shut up. (laughs) Three minutes. Three. And I'm here early every day. But do you know what, in that kind of like corporate world, if you stayed like 15, 16 minutes later than what you were supposed to, no one's clapping for it. No one's giving you like, and to be fair, I agree with you in that because it's that kind of corporate, especially when you are a creative, sometimes being bound by those kind of hours, like it's, it's like, you're like a caged animal. I've tried being creative with them and and, and ask the questions like, I want to do this. I want to create that. Can you support me? And it's like, yeah, maybe, I don't know. Yeah, we'll see. We'll we'll come back to it in a few months. And like, you know, everything that I've been through in this year, and I've been through a hell of a lot, getting to the position I'm in now, like my business is trading. We've got stuff going on. We're earning money. It's nice, right? (coughs) But that's not come without loads of complexities and loads of difficulties and loads of mistakes and loads of stuff going wrong. And people forget every entrepreneur starts from zero. We all start, a lot of us start from zero and we are making it up as we go along. And like you've said, I'm still making it up now. So are you like, I've never been 35 before, let alone run a business before. You're 35. Yeah. It's that bad. No, I'm 33 and like, I still feel like I'm in my twenties. Yeah, me too. And I think, do you know what, a funny thing with that though, about the whole age thing, like, I think when you look at people who were turning 30, when we were like younger, you're like, oh God, they've got their shit figured out. Yeah. And now we're kind of this age and you realise that even like 40, 50, 60 year olds do not have their shit together. People don't. We're all on this kind of like, we're all kind of just trying things I, I said seen this, if it works. I said this on the podcast last week to somebody. I was like, when are we all going to realise, right, that we can all look at each other and say like, 
All of us fell out of someone's fanny at some some point. All of us just happened. Yeah. And now we are wandering around figuring this out and there's no vulnerability in this whole thing. Like, oh, like none of us actually know what we're doing. We get up, we go to school, we get taught all this stuff. We try and have friends, we try and have relationships, we try and have parents, we try and have all of these things. We think we know. Like I had no say into the family that I was born into. I had no say in, in the school I went to. I just, I, just, I happened I'm grateful that I happened, but I just happened. And when, if we can all just look at each other like, oh yeah, all right. Yeah, yeah. You imagine, well. <laughs> like, yeah, oh yeah, you happened as well. Can you imagine though? Like if you were just able to just like, if you would be down the pub and it's like, it's not this ego, I was right, I did this right, you did this wrong, or, you know, I'm creating this because I'm doing that. It's like, oh look, like, we're all just sitting around it going, this is hard, isn't it? Yeah. This is hard, isn't it? No one has it figured out. No, you are. No and like, even if you had multiple, multiple millions of pounds in the bank, which people think is the most important thing. Like I tried to imagine this stuff. I've got unlimited money. I had a, I did an exercise over the weekend, right? If I've got 20 million in my account now, what am I going to do? What am I going to do? Where am I going to spend my time? Who am I going to help? How am I going to be? And as soon as I started talking, I was like, well, well, I'd homeschool my kids and this, that, and the other. And immediately I've hit three people and they've hit a barrier. What do you mean you'll homeschool? What, 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 what isn't yeah. parenting in a school, isn't schools important and this and that. And I said, hang on, we're talking hypothetically, mm. if I had 20 million in my account, this is what I would like to do. You also asked me a question. Yeah. I've answered that question with something that I believe in, something that I want to do. And immediately, just because it doesn't align with what you would do. Or think. Yeah. Yeah. That's wrong. Well, it's like, but like when you're talking hypotheticals, yeah. And this is how I think most people could potentially do better if we thought about things. Like hypothetically, if you were to have the best year of your entire life and you were to look back on it, what would that 12 months look like? Yeah. If you could say the best 12 months of my life, what would that look like? And if you were to go and speak about it like this, I went away to Thailand for three weeks and had with the most amazing time with my most amazing friends. I saved up 10 grand and put a bit of a deposit down on a, on a thing. I got, you know, I started a podcast. I did this, I did that. If you talked about it, like you'd done it, you had done it. You would realize that the list of things that you wrote down are actually things you can do. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? No matter that. And I think on the, on the back of that, I used to think I was doing things wrong because a lot of my kind of circle were getting married. They were having kids. They were buying cars. They were doing all these things that are like, okay, I'm doing life wrong because I don't have that, 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 or that. Now I'm in a position where you said about like having the best 12 years, 12 years, (laughs) 12 12 months. I would probably say the past 12 months have probably been the best of my life. Mm Mm-hmm. Not because of all the, like, I've, you know, I've done Glastonbury, I've done Thailand, I've, all these things that on paper look incredible. You know, it looks great for the Instagram stuff. I've had some of the best times, the best experiences. But what I've done over the past 12 months has, I've grown. I've dived into business that I never thought, oh, I'm not a businessman. Mm-hmm. I can't, I don't know how to do that. I've never been a, I never did it like a sales pitch or this kind of thing. Public speaking, absolutely not. The fact that I'm now 12 months, not 12, yeah, past 12 months, I've had two sold out live shows. I've done public speaking. Like I've learned like so much about myself, my, what I'm capable of. I've met some incredible people that 
I wonder, but so it's, it's that kind of, when you do kind of take that bit of a step to look like, well, actually, what have you done rather than what I haven't done? Yeah. That is where I guess success is. That's where the lesson is. That's where kind of the growth is. I think it's all progress. Progress. Right. If you're if you're doing the same shit every every year, you're not going to. You're, you're not, not going to feel. Everyone's better. looking for perfection. Yeah, everyone is exist. chasing something that does not exist. If you're constantly like progressing, that's perfection. Yeah, progress over perfection any every day. time. And like for me as well, like I booked a I booked a, a talk next week. I had somebody reach out to me. They've asked me to do a men's mental health talk. Got booked by Nissan. Um, so I'm doing a bit of a talk. Uh, next Wednesday, which is great. Of course it is. Yeah, it's amazing. <clears throat> but it, for me, it feels like th- there's come a time in my life where like when those things happen, I'm like, of course that's happened. Of yeah. course that's happened. Not in an egoic sense, but it's like I have to start looking at myself like I have made this person where people are thinking, let's contact that guy. That's not accidental. I've done that, Right. And where we, where we have, I think where people make the biggest mistake, right? Like, and I use dieting as the easiest metric, right? Or drug addiction. Like, let's say you've been addicted to, to food, donuts. We'll call it donuts. If you've been addicted to donuts for the last 10 years, yeah? And then you said to yourself, I'm never having donuts ever again. You stopped for nine months. And then, you know, you've lost loads of weight. You're in great shape. You're in the shop you've got your healthy dinner in hand and you've looked over at the thing and you've bought yourself a donut and in the car you've eaten a donut, right? And then on the way home, you've drove home, you got into your house. You've only had a donut, okay? But we would demonize ourselves. We would, we would victimize ourselves. I can't believe I failed. I gave up. No, 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 no. You've had one donut in 10 months. That's unbelievable. Someone that was having 10 a day. You've had one. Okay. Stop killing yourself because you think that the problem is, can you have one and resume the life that you want to live? The problem we all have is we try, then we fall off. Then we go in. Do you know what I mean? So it's like, I'm going to diet all week. And then like on the Friday night, you go, oh, I've worked hard. I'll have a Chinese that Chinese turns into a fry up on the Saturday morning. That fry up in the Saturday morning means Saturday's written off. Then I'll start Monday. So you've got three days out of seven that you've not treated to yourself like you want to treat yourself. Yeah. If you learn to value who you are and respect yourself enough to say, no, no, I've decided this because I want to be in better shape because I want to be healthier. So while I enjoy that, not now. Yeah, because if you do that for 12 weeks consistently, you'll lose weight. You'll, you'll be in great shape. It's the, it's the incapacity to forgive yourself for the little mistakes. If you have a couple of chocolate bars throughout the course of a week, congratulations. You've eaten everything else you're supposed to. If your child came to you and was trying to write to 100, yeah, and she got all, they got all the way to 100 and they've made a mistake on three numbers you're going to be like, that is fucking amazing. Well done. That one was wrong. That one was wrong. And that one was wrong. This is how you do those. But everything else was right. But what we do is we, what we're going to do, make the child feel like shit. No, you got it wrong. Back to the start. And that's why dieting is hard. Yeah. I think. No, I agree. And with that, I am, 
from a personal point of view, it was always the language that I used when it comes to this. I, I should go to the gym. I should be eating better. I should do this. When you kind of, kind of, again, put that kind of like negative, like should in my eyes is a bit of a negative kind of like, oh, because if that person's doing that, I should be doing this. Mm-hmm. Whereas I've really kind of trained my brain now to kind of reframe how I think things. Yep. So it's like, I want to go to the gym. Mm-hmm. I want to eat better. So it's like when the want for me is becoming bigger than like, oh, I should be doing that. Yeah. That's when I really kind of like start like to notice change. A hundred percent. I think like I've got, I've got in really, really good shape loads of times. Right. So on paper, I know I can do it, but I have to have a, a serious enough why as for me to do it. So I have to really want to do it. Yeah, it normally comes off the back of a breakup. I can get it and get in that sort of shape because it's like I'm not failing again. I'm not failing again. But every time I've got in that shape, I've realised something that the validation that I thought I was going to get from that is not what I needed. So people will pat you on the back. Oh my God, you look great. Then you'll get people to put writing comments and shit like, oh, you can't do that in 12 weeks. You can't do this. You can't do that. Like I had a YouTube video that got half a million views in like four days in 2016. And you can't get them sort of numbers on a video ever these days, like unless you've like some of the big, so I thought, oh, I was so proud of myself. I, so. I view that as a failure. I view that time in my life as a failure, right? Because I got fat not long, not, no, not so fat. I didn't, I got out of shape after that because I got to that stage. It was the first time I'd ever got in that condition. And I thought the validation I was going to get, intimacy, closeness, love, warmth, that's what I need. So I will put in ungodly amounts of effort to get that. And if I don't get that, then I, I fall off and then I start treating myself badly because that's what treats the symptom of me not feeling enough. Oh, I'll just have some, I'll have this, I'll have that, I'll have this. And before you know it, you aren't enough against who you want to be, I think. But again, we've, we've gone off on some seriously <laughs> strange tangents. Um, so for me, can I ask a question about your biggest, so some of your bigger guests, the bigger guests that you've had on. Yeah. What was that like to come from, you know, ta- you know, little old Taylor from IT. Old? No, okay. <laughs> Triggered. Little. <laughs> okay. I mean, if I said big, big young Taylor, I think we'd, we'd be like, what? Um, it, it's mental, mate. Like, I genuinely, like, there are moments, and especially, you know, when things pop up on your phone, like, like from this from like a year ago, and I'm like, oh my God. Like, I'm impressed. So the fact that I'm in a position that I get to kind of do this as a, job is is insane like I've got some of these people like I've always been a music fan like it's always been there for me like the good the bad the ugly my headphones are in like it's pulled me through those times the fact that I can sit in this position now I've had some of the most incredible artists like who have made those songs that have soundtracked like those painful experiences for me tell me what they were going through when they were kind of creating that mm. like it, it blows my mind yeah like it's i find it so fascinating the only time i've ever been intimidated though by a guest and nervous was when i had sean paul on everyone else like i haven't kind of 
who's just been another guest. Because I was like, he is like... Megastar. Yeah. Like from my early like days, right up until like now, I would still listen to his music. And then when I was having the conversation, like I could tell like I was a bit nervous. I was stumbling my words a little bit. And then about five, 10 minutes in, I was like, you're just as fucking fucked up as I am. Yeah, yeah. And it's like the conversation that we were having was like, I, as if I've known him my whole life. And it's like, it's something about, I guess, it, I don't know if it's podcasting or whatever, and just being so like open and honest. Like it, it's so kind of powerful that you kind of, you realise that regardless of how many Grammys you've got, how many millions you've got on your bank, you're feeling exactly the same emotions 100%. as what I'm at. Yeah, yeah. And it's that kind of like, I think that keeps that fire burning because I'm almost a little bit intimidated I because I don't know if it's peaked. Yeah. <laughs> so now I'm like, shit, <laughs> what do I do? Everyone needs to hear that. <laughs> it's like I've had like the biggest pop star on the planet talk to me on my podcast. So I'm like, what do I do now? Like, where, where, who's bigger than Ed Sheeran? I think, what do I do? Yeah, but I think, God. I think for me, yeah. God, how are you, mate? Yeah, nice to yeah, thanks. Welcome to, welcome to the podcast. Yeah. What was it like when the Big Bang happened? Yeah. Hey, I think Talk to me about Adam and Eve. Yeah. What <laughs> really that? happened? Yeah. Was there an apple? That's the soundbite. Yeah, yeah. Adam and Eve, what really happened? Yeah. <laughs> I think, yeah, I think when we look at those things and I think when we look at the, the, the world that you have created for yourself, right? And the people that are in this same world as us that are just in a different place, we, we draw this massive difference. But when we talk to them, it's just like, oh yeah, you're the same. You're, yeah. you're, like, you're like me. The problem is, is we, we only see them on screens, right? And we hear them in, in our lives. Like you can disassociate from Ed, Ed Sheeran and, and Sean Paul. You can disassociate to the degree of the fact that you've never... You can't even gauge what it's like to sit in a room with them. And then when you're engaged with them, I can imagine in a podcast, it's like there's that human element that comes back into the room that's not this like idealistic thing that you've mounted in your mind. I've accidentally sat around some tables with some fucking really influential football players. Like, um, I wouldn't say like Premier League, but like my, my brother-in-law plays quite high level football, like championships. So and again, I don't know anything about football, but we've, we've sat around and there's like people that play for like, play for the, the country. Do you know what I mean? So that's important. You know, people that play for their home country, they've played on the stages with some of the biggest players in the world. You're like, oh, well, I don't know any of you. I know you've all got loads of money and I know that you're all foot, but I don't know any of you. And that somebody would have paid to have my seat at that table. Does that make sense? But you've also earned the seat at the table. I think that's a, a massive lesson that I took away from the podcast side of things because I used to be crippled with imposter syndrome. Yeah. Like to a point where I... I automatically go into a room and think everyone hates me. It's that kind of level really, of like, that I don't deserve to be here. Like it's even to this day, like it's something that I'm really working through, like in therapy. Um, but it's that kind of like, well, if I didn't deserve to be here or if I didn't deserve this opportunity, why is it happening? Cause it's like, well, I've done the hours, I've done the hard work. Like, mm. so what, why shouldn't it be me? 
Like why? Like, I mean, obviously I will always clap when people win, like they've done the work to get to where they are, but it's like, why are we not clapping for ourselves? Like, we're not taught to, that. we're not taught to clap for ourselves because it's egoic. Yeah. Like it's the same reason. It's like, I can't say I want a different life to what you like. We've got. Well, what's wrong with my life? It's not about your life. Yeah. No. I'm not talking about you. I am the only person that I've got to wake up with every day for the rest of my life. Guaranteed me, only me forever. No one else is guaranteed. And what you want me to change how I live my life because you can't manage. You. Yeah. yeah. It suits you. No, it's fine. I'm going to keep doing this until my life says on the tin what I want it to say. And I get to choose the label. Do you know what I mean? I get yeah. to write what goes on that label, you know? And when we look at the metrics, for me, the metrics aren't the car, it's not the money, it's not the things. Like, they're nice things, and I want those nice things. But actually, when I get to a place where I'm really fucking old... And my kids are like having problems in their lives. I want the first thing for them to think is I'll go to dad. Mm. I'll go to dad. If it's a relationship problem, I'll definitely go to dad. Like if it's an emotional problem, a bullying problem, if it's a, if it's a problem with money, dad. If I'm setting something up, dad. I want them to know, they want them to know, all three of them to know, dad is the guy to go to. I don't want to be eighth on the list because they can't talk to me. Yeah. Or because they, ha- they don't feel like I'm the right one for it. Does that make sense? Yeah. That's that's my goal now. And it is not rooted I in... I think, to be fair, you're well on your way. Yeah. So it's like, no, I mean, I've only known you a short period of time, but like, you're going to make it happen. I want to touch upon the fact that like the whole money thing, because especially being a podcaster now, like a few years ago, during like the early days of the podcast, a few of my friends told me like it wasn't a real job. Like they told me like, you can't do this, you can't do that. And it's really stuck with me like to this point because one of the first questions when you say like, oh, I'm a podcaster, the first thing that comes out of anyone's mouth is either, oh, do you make money from that? Or, okay, well, who have you had on the show? And there is something- Jean de Bar- Yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, I, I made a song with him. So it's like, well, do you know what? what I mean? It's like, made a song with Sean Paul. Did you? I had a limited amount of time with him and it got towards the like end of like the recording. And I was like, I've got a live show coming up in a few weeks. Like, can I do something with you? And he changed the lyrics of, I don't really care what people say to, I want to start waffling with Tay. Like it's mad. So now it's like, I'm in a position where these people who said, you can't do this. I don't know who you think you are. Like, you know, you pay, like podcasting isn't a job. It, it might, it wasn't making money at that time. Whereas now I'm like, I still got a fucking song with Sean Paul. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, I mean, a lot of other people have songs with Sean Paul, but like, do you know what I mean? It's, major, major people. Yeah, yeah it's yeah, not like. Do you know what I mean? And it's those kind of little moments. It's like when that kind of imposter syndrome kicks in or you think you can't do something. Yeah. Prove it. If you were saying to me, like, oh, that's not a job. What, why isn't it not? Tell me why it's not a job. Yeah. Because one of them walked past the studio the other day and I watched them walk past because there was a part of me that was like, invite them in. But I thought, no, like, you're you're not doing that. Like, you're not that kind of person. Mm. But I was just like, you should never tell anyone that they either can't do something or like they're not good enough. Because believe me, like if you kind of add fuel to that fire, they are going to kind of like come back tenfold. And believe me, like if you're kind of like kicking people like on the way up, they're going to kick twice as hard when you're on your way down. Do you know what I think would be the worst thing in the world, right? 
So let's say you, you grew up with somebody and you've known them forever. Yeah. And one day they blow up. All right. And they look at you and they're like, do you not remember? Do you not remember this? Do you not remember that? Like where it's that thing where you go, oh yeah, I did do that. Like you haven't earned a seat at the table. Yeah. It's not about earning the seat at the table. For me, it's like earning a seat at my table doesn't require you to do anything other than to be someone that I like to talk to. Yeah. You don't have to have money. You don't have to have knowledge. You don't have to have anything. Can we get on? Are we cool? Mm. Right. If I need to talk to you, like I want to call you and talk to you about something. Are you there? That's all I need. Yeah. Yeah. And for me, having that beautiful balance in in yourself where you go, you know, I had a few people taking a piss out of me at the weekend and it was like, that's cool. That's cool. I'm not planning on becoming a multimillionaire fucking podcaster. Yeah. But if I can get to a certain stage where I'm earning enough money to do what I want to do, talk to the people I want to talk to and travel around the world while I do that, give me and my family a really nice, comfortable life. I'm not standing behind the fucking wheel, of, sitting behind the wheel of a digger, fucking, you know, sitting behind the computer screen that's not my choosing, you know what I mean? For a set amount of hours, for a set amount of money. Like, I'm all right. Yeah. And I think that's important to have that boundary in yourself. Of course it is. I think this quite sad, I'm, I'm saying this from personal experience, sometimes, you know, you're talking about like the seat at the table. There's been so many occasions where like, I'm kind of taking my seat to so try and fit in to yeah. a table that I don't quite belong in. But I'm yeah. thinking like, I don't know who I am. So I'm trying to like almost kind of be a chameleon. Like, well, I'm going to try my seat at this table to see if I, if I fit in. It's only been recently that I realized like you can have your own table and you can invite people to sit at your table, you know, regardless of the money, regardless of what their values are. Like if they make you feel good and they elevate you and they want to be at your table, like, that's a conversation to be had. Like, I don't think people really kind of give themselves a chance to build that kind of support network. Like, yeah. it, again, it kind of comes back to what we were saying at the start. Like, it's that change thing. Mm. Like, it's okay to move table. You know, there's going to be certain people in your life that are almost like a season. Like, it's, it's going to change. And it's okay to move to a different table if the people at that table are no longer serving you. It's sad. And it can come across as like quite cutthroat, but sometimes you need to move tables. It's when you use when we use words like serving us, right? When it's you're not serving me, right? And they're like, who am I to serve you? It's like, no, no, you aren't serving me anything. Mm -hmm. Who you are and who I am, the two things aren't serving each other. In fact, because of who I am now, what I know and who I am may serve you in some way, which is cool. And I want that to happen. But for, for me, like the element of want is the key there. Mm. If I want people that want to be at my table, like I don't want somebody that there because either the money I make, which right now, like there's nobody going to be sat at the table for that, or the, the person that I am. But like what value am I giving to you is one thing. 
food. If you actually want to sit at a table, that's more to me than what than any other reason. Like, I want to be here, mate. Do you know what? I know you haven't been perfect. I know you're really trying, and I admire that. I want to sit at this table. Sweet, come sit, come eat. Yeah, it's not about. Well, ten years ago, you know, you were a bit of a twat, or five years ago, even a year ago, you were a twat. Like I'm not sitting at your table, but when I'm when I'm sorted, I'll come sit at your mm-hmm. table. I'm proud of what you've done. Like, oh, no, 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 don't want that. Like, the table's the table. Yeah, you get your seat. That seat's indefinite if you choose it, but it's a choice. I think. But I, again, I get. I sometimes worry about what I'm saying to the degree of like I don't want to hurt anybody's feelings and I don't want to upset anyone. I don't. I also don't want to be sitting here like again. Like, oh, who am I to decide what table I sit at? Of course I fucking choose what yeah. table I sit at. What do you mean? I have to choose my table. You're choosing your table. If the table you're choosing are doing the same shit every week, that's on you. Do not fucking look at me and say, who the fuck do you think you are for choosing a different table because I sat there with you for fucking 20 years. It's a shit table, bruv. Mm-hmm. It's the worst table in the shittest pub. People cling on to things for nostalgic reasons. People stay in relationships, friendships, jobs, purely because of whether there's a layer of like being comfortable and, you know, no one wants to feel uncomfortable. Mm. But when it comes to like pushing past those feelings of being uncomfortable, shit gets really fun. Yeah. And it's like, it's kind of, it's okay to let go. Like I, I, I speak about this quite a bit and I always kind of label kind of like old friendships, relationships, especially family members as to like to a rope the longer you hold on to that rope, the longer it's going to burn. Yeah, yeah. Like the easier and the quicker it is to kind of let go. You're going to be able to breathe. You're going to be able to feel, you're going to have so much more capacity to kind of really understand who you are, what you want to do. Yeah. Because I'm, I mean, this is all from personal experience. I'm not saying like people live their life. I'm not doing that, but I spent the, pretty much the first probably 15, 16 years of my life trying to make life better for everyone else. And it made me incredibly poorly. So it's like now it's like when I am letting go, I am kind of like growing. I'm like, well, my life is genuinely just beginning in these yeah. past kind of like two, three years. I mean, it's it's sad that it's took like a real traumatic event and a waffle to make me like get to that point. But regardless, like it's okay to let go sometimes because yeah. if things aren't, whether you want to label it as serving you or, you know, not sitting at the table, whatever the kind of the, the analogy that you want to use, you have got to put yourself first. And it's like, you know, that it's a selfish word. It creeps in. It's like, oh, I can't do that because it's selfish. I can't do this, this, whatever it is. But it's like, well, everyone at some point in their life is going to have to be selfish because if you don't kind of add that layer in, like you're going to stay in this kind of same state of kind of almost like misery mm. forever. And you don't deserve that. You deserve to be happy. You deserve to kind of do these incredible things that you want to do. Mm. Like, and there's no one to hear to say that that's the wrong thing to do or you're wrong for feeling like that. There is nothing wrong with trying to better yourself. No. And selfish is tied to greed. Yeah. So when you think selfish, you're being selfish. Or not. no. You can say what you like, yeah? It's like when somebody's saying, oh, you're gaslighting. Now you've said that, I've got to defend the fact that you said I'm gaslighting. Listen, if we are in this exchange together, the benefit that we provide each other is mutual. 
And for me to put a boundary in place and say, I'm not into that anymore. It's not your fault or mine. I need different. So it's cool. Like we don't need to harbor these shitty feelings about it. It's like, go live, man. You know, I don't want to be, I don't want, to, I don't want anybody in my life that's been in my life or is currently in my life to look at me and go, oh, who's he think he is? He's going off and doing this. I want to be around people that look at me and go, keep going, mate. I've known you 20 years and you, you're like a fucking cockroach. You'd never give up. You still ain't gone away and you're still trying. And I want to be remembered for that, that I will keep going and I'll keep going. Because one day when it happens, it's only got to happen once, but one day when it happens and I make the path and I forge that path and I've done it myself, the people that go to me, I knew you were going to do that. I was like, I'll be like, amazing. But then there's going to be people like, oh, you're lucky. You've done this or you've done that. I listen, mate. You want to call anything luck? Yeah. I feel lucky now that I'm not doing the same shit. Mm. I feel lucky now that I get to choose on a day, day by day basis how I am being. And if I fall off my diet, I'm not going to kick the fuck out of myself. I'm not going to fucking tell myself I'm a dick. If I make a mistake in my business, I'm going to do that. If I make a mistake on a podcast, I'm going to do that. I'm just going to go keep going, mate. The thing is as well, like you don't want to get to that stage as well of being of a certain age with the I wish I could have. Like with what I went through, I've seen the most active, like beautiful, incredible woman, yeah. like now required 24 hour care in a neurological care home. Yeah. Her life is very limited now. Yeah. I limited myself for a huge part of my life. So there is not one person who's going to stand in my way now because I don't want to get to the stage like, you know, of being a certain age and thinking, oh, I wish I should have done this or I could have done that. And even something as dramatic as like what happened to my mom, like it scares me daily yeah. that this is something that could happen to me. Yeah, yeah. And if I get to that stage and think, oh, well, I didn't make the most of what I had, like I'd kick myself. That's when I would kind of probably fall into a deeper depression than what I've been in in the past. Yeah. Like I just don't want to get to that stage or, or regardless how old I am thinking, I wish I did that. Yeah. But how empowering is it to say like, if you were to ask me a question like, well, wow, I've got a story for that. Like, yeah. this is what I've done. Yeah. That's where I want to be. Yeah. Whether yeah. it's the good, whether it's bad, whether it's something, you know, traumatic, dramatic, like hilarious. That is what I'm doing all this for now. It's not a case of, you know, oh, I can't do that. I can't do this. Yeah. Because I'm scared. Like the fear of not doing it now far outweighs the fear of me looking like a tit. <laughs> yeah, well, I, I, do you know what? I, I've had this process, right? And so I survived the car accident when I was a little baby. I was wow. a really little baby, right? And I survived this car accident and I must have been about five months old and it killed my four-year-old sister and my nan hey. in the same accident, right? And I survived. And one thing that sits with me when I think about this sort of stuff is like, I'm fucking desperately lucky to be here desperately lucky to be here. And I don't even know what my sister could have been or my nan or, you know, and the heartache and the pain that my parents went through through all of that. It's horrible. And I'm still here. I'm still here. So I've got time. And if, if anything, I'm going to continue to keep showing up in spite of that. Yeah. That's your purpose. 
Yeah, there's a four-year-old. I've got a son who's just turned five. I couldn't bear to, be, mm-hmm. to think about what it would be like to lose him to something as, as savage as a car accident. And to be, I was five months old. I was found, my, my, my baby seat was found under the car. My dad had to lift the side of the car up and pull the Moses basket out. My nan was found halfway outside the car. The car rolled over her. And like, I always believed that my nan got me out. She saved me. And in that process, like, and I believe in God, there's got to be a reason I'm here. There's got to be a reason I keep fighting. And that fight comes from, it's not that, but it comes into my mind sometimes, like, come on, man. She ain't here. You are. Mm-hmm. You know? And if I, can, if I can do anything with my life, actually, I deserve to try. I do deserve to try. I do, do deserve to forgive myself. I do deserve to see that I've made mistakes, and we all do. But don't hold yourself to your mistake. Own it. Make up for it. Over time. And that's one of the most powerful things you can do, It's just... Get up again mm-hmm. now. Do you know what I mean? Of course it is. I can talk to people sometimes and they hold on to these traumas, these difficulties. Like, oh, this never happened and this happened and she did this to me and that happened and this happened then and they broke my heart. And it's like, I understand. We've all been through that. But are you really going to let something from 10 years ago dictate how your life's going now? Are you really not going to allow that to be a thing of the past and I know what trauma is it sits in the body you have to release it but releasing it sometimes is just like feeling it go through it cry have those moments heal from that it's not like a miraculous moment that happens outside of you it's something that you come to accept and that it never goes away the pain's there but you don't act from it you accept it and you, you, you move forward in spite of, and every film has that. Every fucking film has this scumbag loser that, that you know, we, we follow his journey and they're just a nobody, like the Superman, Batman, like whatever film you watch. Any superhero film has the moment where they find out they're the superhero mm-hmm. or they get their powers. Spider-Man, when he can start climbing, it's just a fucking nobody before that and then becomes one of the most important people in the world, you know? Everybody goes through that process, right? And the day that you find in yourself, your story can be your power. It's the, the, the thing that you've got. It's the only fucking unique thing that you have is you. Of course you have. Use that. And then it's like moments like this, it's like telling that story, especially whether it's the form of a podcast, whatever it is. Mm. It's these kind of conversations that will become other people's kind of like toolkit. Mm. And that's because it's the, it's the biggest thing that my mom has ever given me or taught me as a parent mm. is that I can do anything. Mm. The only thing I can't do is give up. Like I've watched her, like I'd, I, I don't know why she's still here. On paper, she shouldn't still be here, but she is. Mm. And it's that kind of like, there's something, that purpose or anything like Yes, I can sit around and like, oh, you know, this real traumatic thing happened and I could let it define me. I've kind of took all those lessons and like those kind of like almost that fear and I've created something from what my mum has taught me and made a bit of a positive impact, especially on my life. But then there's messages that I get that are like, 
because of this or that episode, this has made me feel like this. Mm. I've reached out to get help because of this. And it's like, you almost create that legacy. So it is like from those kind of real dark, painful experiences that, you know, we can let define us, but it's in those kind of like stories and those kind of moments that that's where the true power is. Like that's what's going to kind of really set you aside yeah. from everyone else. Well, it's making a true amends to yourself and to your future because the amends you make, you don't have to do it on a personal level to absolutely everyone. Like you can do that, but like the amends that you make is an ongoing process of achieving more and more powerful, life-changing things by taking that step out of your comfort zone in order to get those phone calls in order to get those text messages in order to get these people reaching out to you and you get offered the opportunity to help though none of those things happen if you just stay the same there's never in the history of fucking people being a person has someone just rang up some geezer from a pub and said you know can you help me get sober without them being sober and doing the work and people knowing they've done that work I couldn't do the things that I'm doing now without being the biggest loser of my friendship group. I was the biggest loser of my friendship group. And I can say that. I was always skint. I was always borrowing money. I was always sniffing cocaine. I was always doing way more than everybody else. I always needed everybody else. And there might be a feeling there that because I've changed, it's like, well, you only needed us then. Now you don't. It's like, I understand why you're feeling like that. I've had to take these steps in my life so I stop becoming that person. Because at some point, I can then give back to the people that have helped me. I can give back to the world at a greater scale where I'm like, I've been there, been there, been there, been there. I fixed it. It's all all right. You'll be fine. Just keep doing this. Keep doing that. Because I've done it. You know what I mean? And I think that's the important thing. Like I'm learning. I'm learning how to do a podcast. I'm learning how to communicate. I'm learning what these things are. And, you know, maybe we should just leave this in because it's fucking part of of the conversation. But, you know, as a podcaster, I've done six. This is my sixth. Mm. So out of A, I'm in the top 1% ever of fucking creators. But also, this is only my sixth. I'm trying to have a good conversation. You're already a one step ahead from everyone else because you've hit the record button. Mm. You're having these kind of conversations that you want to have. I think the biggest kind of advice, I guess, from being in that kind of like podcaster kind of world is kind of directing it kind of thing, because obviously you invite people in, like you give them such a safe space. Like there is so much kind of like relatability with you that I could sit here all day, every day and talk to you about like what I've been through. I love hearing about what you've been through and how you've kind of turned that into the success, the stepping stones to kind of get to where obviously you're going. But it's kind of like, it's diving into what the audience, like would you listen to like two hours worth of kind of people having this kind of conversation or would you listen to almost like still two hours, but over like five, six episodes a week? It's that kind of like, yeah. which you kind of, I mean, my first episodes were like two to three hours long because I was enjoying the conversation that much, but it was kind of like the guess the market research and diving into like the insights of like where people are dropping off. Like, well, did, why did they not get to that point? Why did they not get to that? Even though I was having this really good conversation, it's that kind of like diving into like the analytics that only really been the past year that I've kind of really started to like 
kind of look into. Yeah. So it's like now I would aim for like people's like lunch breaks, the morning commute, that kind of like if they're washing up, it takes people like what, 20, 30 minutes if they're washing up or like a 5K run is what, 40 minutes? Yeah, yeah. Do you want to be in that hour mark, do you think? 100%. It's just purely because in this generation, if you haven't captured someone's attention in like that first like 15 to 20 seconds, you've got no chance. You look at Stephen Bartlett, like he has obviously an incredible team. He has an incredible podcast and these kind of real kind of like cinematic trailers that get put together will go out before the kind of like, you know, the, the bulk of the episode kind of clips because it ga- captures people's attention. Yeah. It's like, you know what, it's, it's the whole TikTok generation. Well, the attention span's low. And what really what I'm trying to do from this podcast is, is to understand from other people where they're going and how they've got there and then what I can learn from that. So, you know, this is an important part of the conversation because we get to know each other. It's all part of the conversation. Um, but really, it's like these moments here mm. that, that are like, right, for me to take the most value out of this podcast and deliver it to the audience is like, you know, what are the important factors? What do you need to mm. know? How do you reach out to people? What is it you're trying to create? What is it I should, what is it you can see I need to work mm. on? Because if I'm not having those conversations... I'm assuming I know. Yeah. I don't know. I think it's incredibly beautiful what you're doing because you're also facilitating those conversations. And it's, it's why I started. I didn't understand mental health. I didn't yeah. really think it existed early on. Really? Like it's, and that's really bad until like I really experienced like the lowest points of my life where I was questioning if I did want to kind of like, you know, continue living. Yeah. It wasn't the fact that I wanted to continue didn't want to continue living. I just didn't want to continue living my life the way it was being lived. Yeah. So what did I do? I started a platform that I was having these kind of conversations because I didn't understand what a coping mechanism was. I didn't know what meditation was. I, you know, it was all those kind of stigma around like, yeah. like even journaling. It's like, I'm sat around like, oh dear diary, this happened to me today. No, it's like, what am I grateful for today? Yeah. It's all these kind of things that I've almost like, oh, I've shocked myself but I don't think I would have got to that point unless I was having the conversation around it. Yeah. I just don't, I just, you know. Um, also, it wasn't a, that wasn't a no, criticism no, no, no. at all. It, it's, it's, it's part of what I'm doing. Yeah. You know, the, it's, this is a roadmap. The real roadmap. The real. <laughs> I'm trying to figure it out. I am figuring out in real time. Unashamedly, unfucking wavered. Like, if you want to watch, fine. If you don't want to watch, also fine. But if I can help you in any way, what you're going to see is just a normal geezer off the street trying to build a podcast around how to make his business and his life more successful than it has been. Like, I'm not going to tell you I'm some six pack, six pack bearing fucking 100K mile running motivational speaker that's speaking all around the country, all around the planet to thousands of people. Like, no, I started out in Northampton as some guy I'm driving a fucking... 20-year-old Vauxhall Corsa, which broke down yesterday. Like, that's where I'm at now. But it's real. It's mate. fucking authentic. It's and you know what? It's that kind of mentality of like, I would not learn from someone how to ride a bike if they didn't know how to ride a bike. Mm-hmm. So it's that that's going to kind of like be the key 
to the success because you're not, it's, it's, you know, you're not bullshitting anyone. You literally, it's that curiosity. It's yeah. that kind of like willingness to learn that that's what's yeah. kind of, and I think to be fair, I think that's what made the waffle shop a success because yeah. I didn't, I didn't have a, I didn't, I'm not a podcast expert. <laughs> I'm literally just, I'm learning as I go. Yeah, yeah. And it's only now that I'm kind of learning what I've talked from this podcast and I'm applying it to the benefits of nutrition, yeah. going to the gym. It's all these things, life lessons that yeah. I, ju- I was ignoring. Yeah. So it's, it's powerful, mate. It's all value based. So like what you put your value into or what, what you think about the most, or what you want to do the most, you'll st- if you start doing it, like if I want to learn to play guitar, I've got to pick the guitar up for at least an hour a day. And I've got to find a way to learn it that suits me. Yeah, I'm not going to, might learn, not learn in the same way as everybody else. I might watch YouTube. I might read a book. I might do whatever. But if you want to play the guitar, you aren't going to learn without picking the fucking guitar up. So for me, this is like, this is my guitar. And I'm figuring it out in real time. And if anybody wants to criticize what I'm doing, like, amazing. Fight them. They're about Cut that out. Uh, like if they want to criticize what I'm doing, I understand. Yeah. It's cool. Oh, no, I'm not going to stop. <laughs> yeah, we're not actually going to batter them. Yeah, I'll say we're going to cut that out either. Um, um, Shit, Stuart, what time are we on, mate? Uh, one thirty-five. Oh, what in terms of hours? What time? No, what's the actual time? Human time. Okay, cool. So we'll give it another five minutes and then we'll wrap it up. Um. So is there anything to summarize? If you were to put, if you were to sit down with you two years ago, three years ago, four years ago, however long ago it is, sit down with you and say, right, this is going to happen. That's going to happen. These things are going to happen. What, what would you say to yourself? What three things would you say to yourself mm. that would give you a, a head start or a bit of a leg up? I think the first thing I would say to myself, if I could go back with like, I'm, proud of you like I'm so proud that you just kept going like despite all the odds you kept going the second thing that I would say to myself is to kind of be present because I get so caught up in like what next okay I've done that what next whereas I've really lost a lot of kind of moments whether it's events life lessons whatever kind of thing and I didn't quite appreciate it at the time yeah that I wish I could go back and like just enjoy it or just let myself go a little bit um and I think the third thing would kind of just be like, this is going to get very weird, mm-hmm. like over the next kind of years, but like, it's kind of like, it's okay to be yourself. Yeah. Like all these kind of barriers and walls that you've kind of built up, you know, for yourself, like it's okay to bring them down yeah, okay. because it's in those moments. That's where like the real kind of like Taylor comes through. And that's where my strength is not by building these like walls higher yeah. because no one can climb up, not even me. Mm. So the quicker they come down, like the better life's going to get for me. Well, I think um, just hearing that uh, as advice is a lot for me to take from that myself. Cause I do struggle with some of those things. And um, yeah, do you know, I always knew that this was going to be a good conversation. You never know where it's going to go. Um, and I appreciate all the comments and all of the the feedback. And I hope that, you know, some of the, the viewers got something from it. 
Um, but I do appreciate you very much. You're such a lovely guy and it's always a pleasure to talk to you in any capacity. So um, I do appreciate you coming on the podcast and I look forward to uh, seeing you soon. Mate, right back at you. It's Thanks. been an ungenuinely pleasure. Good. Thank lovely. you. Thanks, mate. <laughs> awesome.